Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Fiona, recorded in July 2023. She shares with us her diverse career journey that has now found its way into wine, which when you listen to it, you know that it was inevitable. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Fiona. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Noreen, for having me. It really is an honor to be here with you. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so my name is Fiona, and I'm originally, um, my parents were Swiss, and I was born in Switzerland, but at a very young age, we immigrated to South Africa, and uh, I spent most of my childhood in South Africa, and then I then moved to France and finished my schooling in France, so I would say I've grown up mostly between those two countries, and then moved, once I finished my schooling there, I moved on um, to London to study business management. Um, and then moved on to Florence to continue studying there. Um, so I've moved quite a bit and to try and find my, my feet along the way. I would say I'm very much a family person. I am one of five kids. I have two brothers and two sisters and my parents. And then now I'm married myself and I have three kids under the age of five. So I would say my biggest driving factor my big, uh, in life is, is definitely um, family. So um, uh, it's kind of my safe haven. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, that's definitely a lot of moving around, even to put my own moving around <laughs> experience uh, to to the test. <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely was. And I mean, I think that's, uh, that's the amazing thing of, you know, what I think brings us all together into this, as we were talking earlier, this broader industry, however we want to define that hospitality, tourism, travel, wine, food, drink, you know, it, it, it kind of connects us all together somehow. It's like that opening of the mind and being more, you know, culturally savvy, I suppose, to to understand all the nuances wherever we may go. A hundred percent. I feel in life, personally, this is my personal opinion, there is no better education than culture and traveling around the world. And I always feel like you'd only live once, you know, that you remember. I, everybody believes something else, but you know what I mean. So yes. um, I always feel like the more you can see in that time, the better. Completely agree. And is that how it is for your kids as well now? Have you, have they been moving around as much as you did when you were growing up? Um, they have been quite a bit. I mean, the oldest was born in Hong Kong. Then um, and now they spend their time between Berlin and South Africa. And uh, they they spend quite a lot of time in Italy as well. So they do move around quite a bit. So they learn how to adapt it at a young age. Yes, adaptability is a very good quality to have, something that I've definitely appreciated from my own experiences of moving around. It's just made me more flexible, adaptable and yeah, empathetic, I think, as well, to understanding the 100%. different cultures. A hundred percent. I mean, life always puts you in front of challenges which you have to adapt to. And I always feel if you're prepared from a young age, it's just it just is a guiding hand already along, uh, you know, along your path. 
Very, very true. So tell us a little bit about your career journey and then also how you got into wine. Okay, so my career journey is really not an obvious one, I must say. Um, so actually my um, parents um, were the ones who originally got into wine, actually already my grandfather. So, uh, so wine um, has been a long tradition in our family, but something I personally wasn't interested in at all. Um, I loved living on the wine estate, etc., but it wasn't something that was part of my career path. And so when I studied business management, I then wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I moved on to Florence and studied history of art, um, which I absolutely loved. And then I had to face reality. So then I started my first job in, in Switzerland and I started in a, in a company in Zurich and doing internal communication and events management. And I did that for a while, but that did not ignite a spark at all. And a friend at the time asked me if I wanted to come back to South Africa with her to work on a project for horse racing also in the, because I had been then in the events management when it comes to events management. So I, I, you know, missed South Africa a lot is a huge part of my, of, of, you know, of me and the person that I am. So I absolutely was on board with that. And I, I moved back to South Africa and started working in events management for horse racing. And at the time, I was living on Saxonburg, which is the wine estate. And just living there just kind of ignited the spark for the wine industry. And in South Africa, it's very much, you know, the wine industry is quite small. And um, it, it, people are very interested in wine. And so you get a lot of conversation and uh, around that subject. And it, and it just it, it became more and more fascinating. So I applied to, to be able to work there, but thinking it would be a short stint. And so I started off as a sales rep in, uh, in, in South Africa for Cape Town. And then from there, I grew into the Western Cape and then Johannesburg. And then I did the whole national sales for South Africa. And then I um, met my husband, who um, was living in Europe at the time. And he was in Berlin. And he started his, his own company there. And he asked me to, to move to Europe after a while, uh, because long distance from South Africa to to Germany was, was quite a quite a way. And so I then actually left. Uh, I then decided that I would take that step and I and I moved to Berlin. And and on the side, I always feel like, you know, especially all Africans, but South Africans think cross. They always do several things at the same time, which I always find inspiring. I was actually working on um producing a a, a, some, a tool um for dogs to um to make it easier when you out for your dog with your dog to pick up dog species. And so, and so I, I wanted to explore that further. And so I applied to work at a startup in Berlin um, in, the, in the dog industry. It was called uh, Petrobel. And I thought it was just an easier way to get into the Berlin life and, you know, if you have a job there, et cetera. And so that completely changed. And I worked in that for, for a while. And then we moved to Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, um, once I was there, on, honestly, as much as I loved the dog industry, it was the, the one thing I found during that time that my true passion was really wine. And I missed it so incredibly that I really wanted to get back into it. And, and I saw an opportunity when I was in Hong Kong with the Asian market. So I started to go um, and um, I uh, did international sales for, um, for the wine estate. And then from there, um, we moved back to Europe and I decided to full-time uh, or, or not full-time already doing full-time but I wanted to uh, continue on on that path and then uh, I traveled always back and forth I spent uh, 
quite a lot of time in Berlin as well, of course, but also most time in South Africa. And um, and then I, uh, my brother was already uh, working in the company, and so I took over the wine estate together with him, um, and that was incredible. I loved working with him. And then in 2022, he moved to London and started a job there, and I took over the wine estate on my own. And that's how I got here. So it's quite a long, quite a weird journey how how I got there. But you know, sometimes it, it takes a little while to to um to really understand what you do. But uh, and sometimes if you lose it, you really know what 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 is your true love and passion. And that's kind of what happened to me. And now I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, somehow life has a way of bringing you back to where you're meant to be. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that was kind of how I how I got there. Yeah, or kind of my, how I got into the industry and kind of my career journey along the way, you know, every single, you know, step kind of led me to to where I'm now. But everything I always felt like gave me, you know, more perspective or, um, and I always learned something along the way, you know, from from uh, starting as a sales rep to doing international market to going into a completely different industry. And, and it was very interesting to work in the startup dynamic and also now just how that would work with mm -hmm. uh, how I work now. So I love taking all of those little paths and I wouldn't change it, you know, um, having gone through all of that journey to get where I am now. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I will come back a little bit to, to the learnings. Uh, but one of the questions I did want to ask, um, and since we're talking about, you know, inspiring women in hospitality, what is it like um, in terms of women in the wine industry? What kind of representation do you see at the moment? So I think that, you know, when it comes to women, I think they're, when I first started in, 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 the, in the wine industry, when I was very young, um, uh, it, they was hardly any representation. If you think about the wine estate that I was working on at Saxonburg, I was the only woman nearly there. Um, women didn't, um, they, it's a very macho kind of environment. Um, men were always the winemakers. They were always led by, um, uh, 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 the wine were always led by male. And if it was inherited, it was always inherited by the, the son, never the daughter. Um, and so it was a very, 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 <laughs> just to stress that, male-dominated industry. So honestly, in the beginning, I thought it was quite hard um, because you were easily pushed aside, um, especially if you're young and a woman. Um, that makes it, I thought, I thought it was even more difficult um, combining those two. And so, um, and so I think actually the development has been credible. It still isn't at all where it's supposed to be. Um, it's still that kind of, um, but you're seeing women winemakers coming up, women um, starting their own wine business. It still is very traditional that the male takes over the wine estate or, you know, the male inherits and not the woman. Um, but, and I think um, if you think about how many percentage um, there are women winemakers or women-owned wine estates compared to men, it's uncomparable in South Africa and worldwide. But at least the change is happening and shifting and the women are getting more and more recognition for what they're doing. And so to see that is extremely encouraging um, to me because, because they bring such, you know, they bring so much to the table. No, no one's able to multitask best, better, but, but, you know, um, in the beginning, they always thought, oh, women are only good for sales. So that's what they started off with and or only always put into a box of marketing or sales, et cetera. 
but you know there were so many different foxes that they could all uh, adapt to and grow in and change um, for the better and that is has been in the last i would say five years has opened up immensely um, so um, so for me that you know for, for somebody who's fighting also for, for that because it means a lot to me and I want to also be an example to my daughter and other women around I, I think it's, a, it's, it's great to see that this development is happening and I think it should be encouraged even further. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your thoughts and I would agree I think in the last yeah last couple of years it's definitely been changing I whilst I was in the UK in London I did go to two wine estates and they were both run by women which was amazing. And, that is amazing. And their and their wine is amazing also. <laughs> you know, the UK obviously is definitely one of those up and coming destinations in terms of <laughs> wine. It's not your your classic European destination or the, the new world wines, as we, we would say. Actually, I don't even know how they would be categorized, but um it's it it was interesting to see how the different players are coming into this this space as well and so great to see that women are being more represented um, within this mm -hmm. industry as well absolutely yeah that is wonderful we have um, to continue yes that, absolutely <laughs> absolutely and you know having women like you share your stories and encouraging others and being the role models to to want to pursue a career in wine uh, will be incredibly beneficial as well um, so you mentioned, you know, you you learned something, you know, every time you went from one, you know, role to another career, startups, different markets, you've always learned something. Can you mm -hmm. share um, some of those learnings um, with us? I think, um, yeah, um, so starting off, I think, as a sales rep was probably one of the hardest jobs I, I had, I thought, in the beginning, because it takes a lot of um, humility first of all and you know you have to start call calling people can be extremely rude treat you really badly um, and you're doing them a service uh, and so um, and so and then if you do get upset they don't remember you they remember the brand and so you're not doing your, only yourself or you're not standing you know yourself a disfavor you're doing the brand a disfavor by being you know cocky back or something along those lines so you always have to, you know, you have to learn to think of the bigger picture and to, you know, try and stay diplomatic in that way and how to deal with people like that. And I think you you meet people like that your entire life. So I thought that was a huge learning curve um, to try and find your balance um, and, um, and try and, you know, um, work with these kinds of people together. So I thought that was from my first job. Um, a huge learning for me, uh, at, which I still implement uh, nowadays. And then um, I thought, funny enough, from the when I was working in the startup industry, it's funny. The one thing I I thought was, which is the mo which I've learned along the way, and I see a lot in the startup industry, is how cash flow gets out of hand extremely quickly. And um, you know, you get investments left and right, and you just you are on this high. And I felt like. Um, the cash flow got forgotten along the way and the targets that you wanted to meet in terms of exposure, growth, people coming on board, et cetera, over-trumped what was for me important is can you actually afford it? Can your company afford it? Um, and so, so, um, so literally the startup I worked for did go under as well. 
Um, and so I am. Um, I, I that is one of the most important things I uh, I um, have for my own company, and that is everything good done according to cash flow and what cash flow allows me to do, and not uh, go beyond that. So that's what what I took away with. I would say. And then um, um, working in the international market, um, I thought was extremely um, eye-opening, you know, because people have, you know, when it comes to wine, such different opinions, what they think, they, you know, what they like um, coming from a, a European or uh, if you, especially if you're in China, et cetera, how, do, how they drink wine, how they consume wine, what kind of a bottle they like, you know, the, the, um, um, the one, you know, the Europeans are trying to go to leaner, smaller corkscrew, et cetera, whereas the Asians like these big fat bottles, cork on top, et cetera. And how do you consume them? What should it look like? Then we work a lot in the African market. Flash, you know, it's nicer to have big flashier bottles, gold, et cetera, where the Europeans hate that. So it was, it was interesting to work in a different international market to understand what kind of products work where and how do you do, get your messaging across, et cetera. So that international exposure um, um, and working with different people from different cultural backgrounds gave, um, is something I, I use very much in our storytelling nowadays um, for the brand. So, you know, I would agree, like in different parts of the world, you know, wine is consumed in so many different ways. I remember one of my last business trips before COVID was actually to to China and I was in Beijing and we had like a, uh, I guess, appreciation dinner with with my colleagues. And yeah, it was the red wine that was brought out, like this beautiful, heavy wine. And then you have this whole ritual of like going around the table. Everyone says something, you say thank you, you make a little speech, you have to cheer and then you have to drink it. But the way that they were drinking it also was very different, right? So it was just incredible for me that this kind of experience that I had in, in China versus say, actually where I learned the most about wine was surprisingly in Dubai in the Middle East, where obviously there's no homegrown wine no. either. Uh, but I learned so much from this man um, who was from Indonesia, never been to France in his life, but he was so passionate about wine that he kind of transferred all that knowledge over to me. And I learned the most uh, from him as well and so after the end of each shift we'd we'd try something out he would talk to me about it and he just helped me appreciate it in a completely different way so I'm very lucky to have had exposure to wines in different parts of the world so as you know someone who's you know, you know running your own wine estate and obviously selling to a global market then how do you adapt adjust or do you have exactly a particular market in mind that you sell to no, so we sell, you know, everywhere in the world. Um, we sell um, actually to pretty, yeah, pretty much every continent except the Antarctic and Australia. But every, if not, we're 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 represented everywhere. And um, and I loved what you said, you know, that you learned about wine in Dubai because it imports a lot of wine. But you know, you don't have to be. People always assume you have to be from a wine country, etc. They often don't know themselves. I think always the first step, you know, is wine always brings people together you know around good food and wine you're always going to have a wonderful time and and you don't have to be an expert you know often wine is, is put like in a way that you you you're scared of the product and it, it, it seems kind of elitist and you're like I don't I don't smell any lemon or anything I think the first step is that you 
must know if you enjoy it or not. And then you take it step from that uh, from there, like everything else in life. Um, and so, yes, so we um, we do have, you know, a very, for me, branding is extremely important. And the story we have to tell, we call it Saxonburg moments. So we do all around moments. We would want to create a moment in your life with our wine and be part of that. You know, moments, life is all around moments. So that messaging is uh, um, the same all around the world, but the packaging sometimes differs, especially when it comes to cork, corkscrew, um, fatness of bottles, etc. And as we, you know, are, you know, run as I run the wine estate, you can, it, we're not a big corporate um, company, so we can adapt and change according to to um, that. We don't change the taste profile or anything. We're very strict, you know, and when it comes to that. If you have a Saxonburg Syrah, for example, what we're famous for in China or in France or in America, you're going to have the same taste profile throughout. Sometimes, however, certain aspects on the packaging can change um, whatever it, it, it favors within that country because they, they prefer drinking it that way. Okay, so it's really just the packaging that you have to change rather than the actual taste of what yes. you're offering. Yeah. And, and you know, we fly there to present the wines um, and host dinners, et cetera. And, and that messaging sometimes is different, how you present it, how you explain it, and very much, as you said, how you drink it. So, um, so probably what you were saying about with China when they gambe and they drink it in, 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 in one go, uh, that is, that is a, something that... Um, that is sometimes done difficult for 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 anyone to do more than three and and stay above table, but yes. um uh, but you know you know everyone has their has their different ways. Also very much in Africa, you know when we we sell all over in the Congo, Namibia, Zimbabwe, etc. Also there often uh, the way how the messaging is brought across and how uh, how the dinners are hosted, etc. That is different, and that's how we do. But we try to have um, as much personal contact as we can. And I, I loved how you're saying, like, you know, food and wine brings people together. I think that's part of the hospitality industry that I really learned after coming into it. And, you know, growing up in Asia, I didn't really have that much exposure to the, the wine aspect of the food and wine. Obviously, food is a big mm -hmm. part of, you know, Asian cultures. But the wine sure. part was something that I learned much later in terms of, you know, how you pair it with the food or how it just brings out different kinds of flavors and things like that. And at the beginning, yes, I will admit it was scary. Um, I didn't understand what it was all about. But over time, I think I've learned that, you know, you, you eventually learn to know what you like and what you don't like. And it's okay. Everyone has different tastes and palates and flavors that they like and that's probably why there are so many different types of wines out there yeah. in the world <laughs> so you will have you will eventually find something that you like a hundred percent a hundred percent if not you don't like wine but it definitely is one of the most competitive industries to be in uh, a wine because there are so many wine estates um, and to set yourself apart and to set your story apart and takes a lot of time commitment and work so yeah it definitely is a competitive industry. Well, being woman in wine definitely will set us set you apart and any other that's, women who are going to be in wine as well. That's true. That already does set you apart. That is, that is a nice factor. Um, and looking at the time, I am going to move on to my final question and ask you, who inspires you? So that is a really a difficult one um, because I, I was thinking about who inspires me. So um, when it comes to women in, in, in wine, um, you know, 
I'm, I'm hoping that I will in future have more inspiration when more women come up. There are already a few, absolutely, but it is something that is still lacking on that front, especially from a track record point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say first and foremost, honestly, what inspires me is my family. Um, I, I, it's something that because we're very close knit is the exchange I can have with them um, um, on, on everything. And that, that inspires me. Um, and then I must say from that point, my husband who um, started several companies on his own um, uh, and successfully so, so how he goes about that. And I always find people either, um, I actually find people them, um, so inspiring who are able to start something from scratch or in my case, I even think, you know, what I look for out for is often is taking something over second, third, fourth generation, not only taking it over, but not destroying it, and but growing it and giving it new life. So um, I always look um, along those lines. And it's something I listen to, for example, you know, I read a lot of books and podcasts, etc. on that subject, because it's fascinating how many inspiring people there are out there um, and who are able you know, to take something from nothing and grow it into something and start a messaging, uh, you know, take a product and give it a messaging that inspires people around the world, etc. So, so um, I always, I, I am, um, you know, try and grow, uh, learn something from all of these different people along the way um, and, um, and take a piece and, and try and inspire myself. Um, I would say it like that. So I can't put it uh, down to a, a single person um, I um because it's it's too difficult. I just find there's too many inspirational people, uh, even you know in my inner circle of friends. Um, uh, uh, there are so many inspirational, uh, we- even like women. There's this friend of mine called Sylvia Gruber. She is probably one of the most inspirational women I know. She started several companies, has a, uh, kids, and she never she never complains. She just gets on with life and does it and. And she always finds a way out. And um, and so, for, for example, her, she's not in the wine industry, but she is somebody I would turn to if I was in a, a, a problem, um, if, um, you know, somebody who thinks out the box. And, and I love that about her. So, um, so yes, I think there's, uh, I, I love to be inspired on a daily basis. It just shows you how much you have to learn and grow. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're absolutely right. Inspiration can be found in so many different places. And you have thoroughly inspired me today. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I thank you very much for your time. It really was wonderful to have this chat with you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn, where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.